All right, so welcome to episode 136, 36, 136 of Stage Where This is the uh, second uh, Fringe Roundup for the Toronto Fringe Festival. And uh, we'll go around and everybody say uh, your name and, and uh, what show you're representing, and we'll, uh, we'll get things started. Right on. I'm Danny Padgett. Uh, I wrote and directed Prank. Uh, what's going on at the Terrigal Extra Space? Hey, I'm Tom McGee. I wrote and directed Featherweight and started in on Wednesday. <laughs> uh, going on at uh, the Paddock Town. Uh, I'm Alo France. I wrote, directed, and consistently star in uh, <laughs> I Think I'm Dead at the TPM Backspace. I'm Janelle Hanna. I'm in Robert by Brianna Brown uh, at St. George the Martyr Church. Nice. I'm in uh, Final Exam. Our last show's today at 4 o'clock, so if you make it out, that's great. But uh, if not... Uh, See some other stuff. Um, so just to, to jump in, I mean, last we uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about talk about your show because you weren't here last time. Could yeah. you tell me a little bit about uh, I Think I'm Dead? Yeah, it's a storytelling show about insomnia and parallel universes and mental and physical breakdowns of all sorts. Uh, it's the most personal thing I've ever written, but I masquerade it as a thing that's not going to be all that personal. But it's so it's it's uh, you know it's just a lot of secrets is all it is, uh, and it's probably the only thing I've ever written that I'm proud of. Oh, well, <laughs> yay! Well, you've also been performing. I mean, you how long have you been performing that? That show for almost a year now. Um, I, I opened it in Edmonton last year. Which, uh, if any of you are ever curious about opening a show at Edmonton Fringe. That's probably not the place you want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a big festival. It's a big one. They have expectations. Well, they also, I mean, a lot of shows arrive at Edmonton with already some buzz that they've built up. Yeah, most of them are not. Uh, you, you didn't just finish writing them four days before. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so that's why I'm taking it back to Edmonton this nice. summer. Nice. Uh, Sandra Seamus did that with uh, her first show. Oh, yeah? Where she premiered uh, My Boyfriend's Back and There's Gonna Be Laundry. At the Edmonton Fringe, which is probably one of the most fringe titles yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so she she premiered hers hers there. So you know, long history of doing that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, uh, you've taken that to Australia as well. Yeah, took it to Australia, took it to the states, uh, did it a bunch of times. So now it's uh, now it's correct. And, uh, <laughs> now I'm doing it right, uh, and now I'm super happy with it. But yeah. Yeah, I toured the world with this one. Do you do you do you find it difficult because this show is, as you say, is one of the most personal things you've written, but you masquerade it as as not personal. Yeah. But do you find it difficult performing that every night, or have you gotten into a groove of it? Uh, now I'm in a bit of a groove, mm. but it, it always depends because every once in a while someone will see the show who's involved in it, and that throws me off. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre <laughs> right, when that happens. But no, otherwise. Uh, Generally, if I'm feeling good, then it'll be fine. There's just there's still once in a while where I start, like I this week I've had a lot of trouble sleeping again, which okay. hasn't happened to me in a long time. Mm. Uh, and so there's times where I start talking about when I start to believe that I'm losing my mind when I'm sleep deprived, and I'm like, oh no, what if it's happening right <laughs> now? <laughs> uh, and so the parts where I question reality become way too real. <laughs> But that works out. That, that, I think that makes me give a better performance mm. because it's it's true again. Yeah. Um, experiential theater. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a one man immersive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. This could be happening right now. You yeah. guys. Yeah. So you know, just it's, it's not as difficult as it was, but it's still pretty draining mm. to do. Um, because uh, yeah, because it takes a lot out. How do you deal with that? Like like after the show, are you like I need to be alone for the next? 
few hours or I don't I tend not to really do that anymore I, like I try to take a little bit of time to calm down but I do close the show by telling everyone in the audience that if they want to I'm there to talk mm -hmm. or whatever and that that's been happening a lot so I don't I don't really get I get the 10 minutes of, of tear down is my mm -hmm. time to, mm -hmm. to get ready and then I go into mm -hmm. coffee with someone for an hour after the show yesterday wow. so mm -hmm. there's no time to, to, to fully calm down but that's uh, that's that's okay that's okay. just sort of the thing I do now, but otherwise, if I have if I have the time, I totally will take the time to calm down because I'm usually like way too just amped up because it's also the fastest show I've ever done. Mm. It's four pages longer than the last solo show I did, and it runs four minutes longer. Good God! Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow. Well, awesome. I, I find it really interesting with personal stories that when you uh, I did a, a like much lower stakes, but I did a, a solo show when Honest Ed's closed that was about Honest Ed's and the experience of Honest Ed's. It was awesome. And I was in Honest Ed's office and I went and bought the four final things I could find at Honest Ed's and basically made a show about like who built these things and what are these? Why would any human make this? And, like I found like a, an animal grave marker with a typo in it that just like, <laughs> had a poem on it. I was like, someone wrote this. Ish. Um, but it was interesting because uh, what it basically did was enable everyone who's at this giant art event and having a great time at the art, but also like a bunch of people are like, I just fucking want to mourn honest eggs. Yeah. Mm. And it opened up those conversations. Yeah, I finished the show and they'd just be like, I want spot a pair of jeans here. Pockets <laughs> are on the outside. <clears throat> but yeah, I love uh, that voice. Yes, literally every single person I talked to was like some weird old British lady. It's like maybe kindly, but possibly bad for Could be a Gryffindor not winning. Oh yes, yes absolutely. Um, but yeah, I can only imagine with the show that's like that personal, but also about a topic. That, like I don't know. I like I, I'm a bad sleeper myself. And no one fucking talks about it. So yeah, having true. like the permission to talk must be great for the audience, but also must be fucking exhausting for you. Yeah, that's, yeah. Cool. that's cool. The more exhausted I am, the more I sleep. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We've also just been joined by uh, by Rebecca Perrin, uh, producer hey of Bike Face, which is one of the uh, uh, patrons' picks this year. So congratulations, congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so we just talked about Al's show, but yeah. generally I want to ask everybody, so how's your fringe been? <laughs> well, it's 10 a.m. and I'm drinking a Red Bull, so that should be <laughs> <a surprise. laughs> This tells See, me quite a bit. We both helped close that silent disco last yep, night. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you were there on the dance floor. Yeah, well, I was near the dance floor with my broken toe being like, that looks fun. Okay. <laughs> I will remember. <laughs> no, 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 you mean don't stop believing. Oh, yeah. All of it. All of it. Yep. Uh, Rich has been good. I'm not at 47 shows, which I am very dissatisfied about. How many did you manage I'm to do? I'm at 34 right now. Still. Oh, she didn't do the full. Fell short of the full twins. there's two days, people. There's still so, two days. Wow. She can yeah. still do the full Jua. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and in fairness, like I, I purposefully did not see the 11, 11 p.m. show last night because I wanted mm. to go to the silent disco. That's fair. That's fair. Um, a couple of things that 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 I've noticed this year that I thought I would would talk to you guys about. Yeah. This is one of the first years that I can recall seeing so much discussion about reviews. Yes. Yes. I myself started a big thread. Like, well, yeah. that, this is the thing: is is occasionally there's like. I, I've seen like somebody complaining about the review that they got and maybe rebutting it, but this is the first year I've seen it on like uh, a widespread level. Yeah. And I'm wondering, mm. is there have has something happened with the reviewers yes. this year? Yep. Uh, yes. So actually, um, Now Magazine, in order to cover 
every single review has employed some people from the Generator Teal program that have just finished basically a training program mm -hmm. that uh, educates them on how to be a reviewer in Toronto specifically, mm -hmm. to the best of my understanding. I actually uh, attended a Generator TO talk yesterday mm -hmm. that was about criticism. <coughs> I totally wanted to go to that. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, mm -hmm. The three biggest topics, just so everyone knows, including the podcast listeners, is um, so they were basically talking about um, reviewing uh, shows that are considered niche, but in the sense of like disability arts mm -hmm. or um, sign language theater and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, and those were sort of the two big ones, and that mm -hmm. was led by um, Shay Ehrlich, uh, who is a reviewer specifically for those niches. Mm -hmm. um, the other discussion was, what is the future of reviews and criticism? And so that was the discussion I joined, which was led by Carly Maggot, which was mm -hmm. very interesting, because it was talking about how as um, newspapers and sort of print decline and social media rises, how is that going to change reviews and what people are attracted to? Mm -hmm. So she was talking about, for example, instilling like, you know, having somebody film their gut reaction right after a show and then talking about it 72 hours later and mm. then a week mm. and a half later mm. and sort of how that would change how someone mm. felt about it. Mm. And then the third and final topic uh, was uh, something that I believe the first uh, sort of test run for it was at the storefront theater with the numbers game, which was having a critic present in like the first stages of rehearsal and then mm. before they open mm. and then after they've opened and sort of seeing how that changes their perception of the piece because they actually mm. get to see how much work goes into the piece. Mm. So they were all interesting topics, but um, but back to sort of reviews specifically, um, there was a lot of discussion within all three of the tables as to what is best practices yeah. for a review because a lot of people who were speaking up about bad reviews, it didn't surprise me that those reviewers were the greenest around the ears, mm. if you will. Um, and also, they were the reviewers that didn't want to accept any sort of open dialogue mm. after they yes. put their review out into the mm. world. Yes. Um, I, <clears throat> so, to preface this with kind of a sad story, uh, I, I kicked two teenagers off the John Kaplan chair yesterday. Good. Because they were like mm. making out on the John, and they moved the sign, and I was like, you oh. sons of bitches, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I had a long <coughs> chat with a friend because um, the change that I've noticed, mm. it's interesting though, because it it, 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 it was a bit unexpected for me, but. Um, this year, uh, the big shift I've noticed is with John. John's absence is a huge gaping hole in the festival yes, yeah. in terms yeah. of like it's been about. someone. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. But like someone who approaches things constructively mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. like I, I've seen. Yeah, I saw him deliver like one of the most scathing reviews, both outside of theater and on paper that I've ever seen, and it was still so nice mm -hmm. yeah. and constructive and kind, yeah. while still being firm and ultimately for this particular show, corrective because it was like. Please don't do this. Like constructive criticism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And, and, and he was mad. He was really mad about it, but he still delivered like a really fair even handed review. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was really curious what was going to happen in kind of uh, in lieu of John. And what I found really interesting is Glenn Sumi's kind of really stepped yeah. hard into that role. Yes. He's yeah, very, I that. really yes. that yeah. And because for, for someone who is, has made a point of saying, like, I don't, I don't really want to get to know the artists, like, that, that's not my, like, that interferes with my job. And who I've always felt is a bit more distant mm -hmm. um, as a reviewer. Mm -hmm. uh, he sent out a, a really useful tweet a couple days ago, yeah. which is still a sentence that I hate saying about anything. Um, <laughs> but uh, basically being like, hey, listen, if you've got a one N or a two N, that's fine. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Like, that's one reviewer's opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Go to work. And so there's such a great response to it and everything else. Um, and he's, I've seen him do that on a few things where he's seen shows and he's like, hey, I loved this. I disagree with the review that we published, yeah. but that's just my opinion. Yeah. And it doesn't even validate that one. I'm just saying this was my experience yeah. of the thing. I liked it. 
and that's so fucking healthy and yep. so helpful. Yeah. And I didn't uh, like I love Glenn, but I didn't expect it from Glenn. Mm-hmm. But I think he's kind of seen that absence and has been. I'm now the er reviewer. Yeah. yeah, I. He's he's stepping in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On on the other side of that coin, um, I've attended a few shows with him where other people have reviewed it and given it like five stars. And he's been like, I also don't agree with that. Yeah. No. So, uh, but I actually <coughs> appreciate that he is acknowledging that mm. these reviewers are voicing their objective opinions, mm-hmm. but also as someone who is much more seasoned, it's really interesting to me to sort of hear what he thinks about things because it's true he's. He's seen almost as much as John in many ways. Yeah, absolutely. Because he was like John's right-hand man for so long. Mm. And so it's interesting to see him sort of like man this like team of 12 reviewers he didn't have before and also sort of navigate that relationship. Because as far as I can tell from what he said, like it's a really interesting and fascinating one because he's kind of in charge of like nourishing their minds, Mm -hmm. but also he has to educate them on best practices at the same time. Mm -hmm. I've always appreciated Glenn's separation Mm -hmm. uh, between from the artists because um, John Kaplan was always very like friendly with artists. And he, mm-hmm. like, yeah. he had lots of artists who were friends and things like that. But I've always kind of appreciated Glenn's... Like, Glenn doesn't hang around after the show. He yeah. doesn't go to the reception. He doesn't make friends because yeah. he doesn't want... Like like you said, he doesn't want his objectiveness to be yeah. to be compromised. This is the first year where I actually uh, <coughs> realized that... Because um, like, I'm friends with Carly, I'm friends with Steve... Mm. Um, yeah, Two people who very much will talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. But it suddenly yeah, yeah. meant that all three of them were like, it's conflict of interest for me to review you. Mm. And I was like, yup. <laughs> no, absolutely. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's like actually a, like, good on them for oh, that. No, 100%. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those funny moments where you're like, oh, I'm really glad that I have these people in my life. But suddenly, yeah. like, three major reviewers <laughs> can't review my shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were objectively some some unfair reviews. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there were also some pretty um, quick five stars as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The quick yeah. ones, quick fives. Yeah. 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 That's still an unfair review. I've, I've seen, I've seen a few unfair reviews. There, there, was, there, was one that I, there was one that I saw today that was not, and they agree. It was a review that, that, that somebody had made us think about that I didn't think was actually that unfair of a review. Mm. Um, that yeah. now it's sort of becoming, they're like, they're sort of like spinning, like the company's sort of spinning it as like, using as it? an underdog story. Like Marine Land a few uh, years like, ago. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sea Land. For legal Sorry. reasons. <laughs> 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 it's like Marine Land. Has anybody left to see? Uh, Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I, like like there's been there's been a few a few that I've seen like floating around that I'm like yeah no that's totally unfair, um, but I, I I saw one um, sort of uh, sort of floating around today that was that was about, um, and and you know like I haven't seen this show so so everything with a grain of salt but um, I read the review and I read the criticism of it and the criticism of it was mainly that the reviewer had said there were parts that were. It was spoken in Spanish, and mm. it, and it, they found it confusing. They, they, like they, they found that it got in the way of the plot mm. um, okay. because there wasn't a translation, and the sort of <laughs> counter campaign to it has been like, Toronto is a is a very diverse city. Yeah. There's a lot of Spanish speakers in it. We will not do this. Blah blah blah. But like all that the reviewers seemed to be saying in the review was that it made it hard. <laughs> like that, that like that like maybe dramaturgically mm. you could you know you could you could tweak it so that 
we can understand the plot better, <laughs> even if we don't understand what they're what they're saying. I've seen shows where it's a different language, but mm. they've staged it in a way where you understand through body language. Yeah, exactly. Like that's sort of what you're saying, right? Yeah. There's, there's ways to communicate without necessarily having the words above their mm. head. Exactly. Well, and from what I understand from that particular show, they'd spent a lot of time talking about that and and had uh, addressed it in terms of how they felt about their staging. And what's interesting is now actually responded. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, starting to be involved last night, and they were saying that... Um, Glenn got in touch, and because they they requested a, another review, yes. yeah. yeah, and Glenn was like, "Well, I can't send anyone else, yeah. but um, I am, or I can't post another review, but I am happy to send someone, and we can do a follow up about it." Hmm. Um, which again, to to my mind, is like signals such an interesting thing from mm-hmm. the reviewing community, which right. is yes. let's actually engage, yes. which is night and day from like you know I still remember mm-hmm. you know my my first solo fringe show like sitting there in the green room of. Uh, Oh, that god awful private boys school on like oh, yeah. halfway to Tarragon. Yeah. Sweltering heat and like flipping through I and now consecutively trying to find the reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and that meant everything. Like yeah. those reviews were the make or break, do or die, yep. get that review and like that's that's your ticket. Yeah. Whereas now <laughs> now. Uh, um, but it seems like all the reviewing landscape is kind of flattened in an interesting way. Yeah. And it's it's so interesting to me that they're responding. Yeah. There have been know. some amendments, too. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Um, oh, really? The one that comes to mind is... Hold on, I want to get the title right. Um, the, the History of Beer? I think the, his, the History of Beer. The History yeah. of Beer. A, a Brief History. Thank oh, you. Oh, right. There a Brief here. History of Beer. Thank you, Al. Um, so, basically, there was... Part of one of the re- reviews yeah, for yeah, Brief yeah. History of Beer complained about the fact that I guess Tarragon was making it hard for people to buy beer and bring it in, even though that was a part of the show. Right. It was something they had negotiated with Toronto Fringe, and I guess there was just a few wires crossed with Tarragon. Mm. Um, but the problem is that shouldn't make it into a review. Yeah. So yes. what's nice is yeah. that is one thing that I know got amended like mm. 24 hours nice. after it was released, yeah. Yeah. and <laughs> that made Tarragon sort it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, I think that was a win situation yeah. by people just speaking up. So it's interesting because yeah. that review almost helped fix the situation right yeah it's funny because i previously have not really seen responses to reviews that were not anything other than sour grapes this is the first time that i've seen people (laughs) yeah that's good like some people with legitimate grapes but also like some response from the reviewers at all yeah so i think it's changed too because so many publications are reviewing everything now right Right. so that changes the game because there are just more reviews and it's also interesting just to see like how one uh publication is like raving about something and the other one's panning it there's a lot of that going on right that is that's such an interesting thing right there's there's no universe there Almost nothing that's like this. Everybody loves this show. It's it's. And there's a few of them. Yeah. There's always going to be a few. Gonna be there's, one got, there's one that got five ends and then like got like an F from my entertainment yeah. world. Yeah. I actually think that's a good mark of theater because no, you want people yeah. to either love it yeah. or hate it. You yes. don't want them lukewarm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Your job like is that, to get a reaction. Yeah. Right? Was that one, one left hour? Yeah. One yeah, left one left hour. Because that's literally like the people like. The My Entertainment World review was yeah. the first one. They got gave them an F. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like getting raves. And to their credit, like they're it's making they're making theater. theater that's like interesting. Yeah. That mm-hmm. Nobody's walking out of that saying yeah. it was alright. Yeah, so which is good. Yeah. And that's, that's your job, right? Yeah. I think as an artist, good or bad, whatever, your mm-hmm. job is to get a reaction. Yeah. And obviously yeah. they are. Forgettable theater is yeah. the worst. Oh, when you yeah. walk out, like someone's like, What'd you see? And you're like, Oh, I saw um Oh, uh, oh God! My, my I don't know. Yeah. My friend, stage man, shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. I don't remember yeah. what it was. It was somebody was, was in love, I think. Yeah, and I, I think it was love. It was kind of funny, but also kind of sad. Uh, it was an hour, and it was at a theater that had air conditioning, but it was hard to get to. Yeah. Speaking of discussions, uh, <laughs> Janelle and I yeah. this week have... Uh, there was a show that we both saw. We actually talked about it on the podcast last week. Uh, it provoked a very interesting discussion uh, from a lot of different companies, um, but basically the long and short of it is someone got a one-end review that said some very oh, inflammatory, yeah, yeah. very accusatory mm. things. Mm. And I saw the show, and I couldn't even think of what possibly they could be referring to. Right. Which I think shows that, you know, reviews do need an open dialogue. Mm-hmm. Because I was having trouble understanding where this reviewer thought mm. this was coming from. Yes. Um, so after reading it, I attended the show mm-hmm. again. There was like, I, I didn't, because it was a comedy stand-up thing, I realized that they were, uh, there was different jokes that were going in every night. I okay. think they have about 90 minutes of material and whatever 60 comes out that night comes out. Mm. So the day I saw it, didn't see anything. The second time I saw it, there was like one joke where I was like, there's a tweak you could add to that. Yeah. But I know yeah. Janelle's been really yeah. awesome. We've been trying to get people out to co- go and yeah. see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing that bothers me the most was, unfortunately, at the end of the review, I'm trying to say this tactfully, um, they said some really discouraging things that um, I think would make this stand-up comedian maybe not want to continue and that to me is very dangerous because the that fringe is, is about experimenting yeah. yes the fringe is also about championing new kinds of theater and so i mm. don't think that this critic should have like put down the only comedian out there yeah. who is doing a set about <coughs> asperger's because he has asperger's mm-hmm. and he's sick of people who don't have asperger's yeah. Yeah. telling him what to do yeah. yeah and so i think it's important to say i acknowledge you're doing something different i acknowledge you're doing something important yeah keep honing your material yeah, yeah. Don't just like stamp on somebody. I know, and I, I don't see the point. I didn't of, feel right about it. No, me mm. neither. And I don't, you know, he's touring too. He's not That's, from here. Yeah. And yeah. we all. That's so hard. I don't know actually about Al, but because uh, we don't know each other. But um, <laughs> he's from Montreal, right? Yeah. Sure. Well, he's <laughs> earlier, so I feel yeah, like. Yeah. But and I don't have this experience. But it's one thing to get a shitty review when you're here and you have a community of people that mm. can spin it with you. Yes, yeah. and, and all these people behind you. And it's another thing to not be from here, get panned. And I think that's when you know reviews do matter for them a little bit more than perhaps yeah. Toronto-based artists. Right? Toronto is a very difficult place for an artist who's not from here. Yeah. Uh huh. As, yep. as, as Al can attest to, and I've seen many people, and I also have encountered people when I was touring who Toronto isn't even on their radar. Yep. Anytime yeah. I've done the fringe circuit, it has blown my mind, I hate to say it, how much more welcoming the oh, other fringes are. I don't hate to say it because I think we need to change. I know we do. You know what it is? I think it kind of shocked me because I was like, why is it so easy to fringe everywhere else? Yeah. It's like <laughs> if you go, to, you go to other cities and they're like, welcome, we love having you here. And Toronto's like, Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have twelve festivals happening yeah. today. Yeah. Yes. Do not give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Have, that's the other thing. I have I'll, friends I'll who something earlier about this. I have friends who uh, won the calf lottery, which allows you to select your entire mm-hmm. circuit yeah. and purposely skipped Toronto because they're like, no, I still want to feel good halfway yeah. through oh, July. Shit. Yeah. Like I'd like to, I'd like to have the energy to do the rest of the tour, uh-huh. so I'm not gonna yeah. go to Toronto because it's, it's it's a rat race it's, yeah and it's it, like it's in the, it's known as being a place that's hyper competitive competitive and less friendly in a way like this was a, a city that had uh, issues with uh, people postering over each other like for years which mm. is not a thing anywhere else because yeah. no one else will refer to someone as a competitor yeah in a French you're just like oh uh, that sold out great maybe that overflow will come to me it's never yeah. like those fuckers they sold out <laughs> uh, which feels like that that, that happens 
happens here and it's just you know the, the a lot of the main issue that a lot of us have who are touring is like the incredible strictness on things like time mm. like I went over by 30 seconds on the show and then I got an email from a oh festival and I'm like yeah I, get, I went over 30 seconds because I because I talked to the audience that applauded for longer than I'm used to <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm terribly sorry that I did this to you yeah. people yeah. Uh, and so like the uh, mayor got an email that day <laughs> like, yeah. would listen. you agree that oh sorry that was a juice joke I'm <laughs> Well, would you agree, would it be safe to say, Al, that um, Toronto, um, because there's so much going on at once, um, even though people are postering on top of each other, it might be that, like, someone's postering for their folk gig at the Monarch or something instead, like, or do you find... Oh, in past year, no, I mean specifically French people. Specifically French? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but not this year, (laughs) because there's no postering anymore, because there's nowhere to do it, which is surprising and also weird. That's really weird. That's, like, that's 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 a a disappointing thing, is is that there's nowhere to put your poster. Yeah, it's because you're in a whole hockey rink, right, with that, that all of the boards are, like, permanently damaged, because that's the point of boards in a hockey room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why can't we just poster all over that shit for a week? Well, there's there's that one, bo- and again, this goes back to part of our discussion yeah. uh, last time, there's the, there's, there's the one poster board yeah. right yeah. by the tiny box office yeah. off to the side. The yeah. shipping container. Uh, sh- the shipping container yeah. uh, off to the side, not nowhere near the place where people actually are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is like, okay, why is that there? Well, and I know <laughs> that, well, part of the reason <clears throat> that they instituted that was I was there during, like, the most disastrous poster rush. Oh, yeah. A few uh, years ago, and... Did someone it, break a leg? Uh, I, people got hurt in that. Yeah, like, well, I, I watched, yeah. well, yep. but your point about postering over people, like, what was nuts was it was, it was like the running of the fringe, and they're like, on the count of three, go. Oh, God. It was, like, one, two, it was three, so and, stupid. And the thing, the rule was, as long as your posters were attached, you could do whatever you want. So the Randolph folks made... Like the size of a fucking sail, right? Um, because there were a thousand of them, yeah. and they ran it like widthwise. So you you would have to have like burst through like a football player, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> which would have been very cool. Yeah, yeah. Been like, very cool. You, you know what my regrets are? Should have been a tom shaped hole in that. Yeah, exactly. Like sideways running. Um, but did the dancer hurt, break their ankle or something? I, something like that. I mean, like oh, a bunch okay. of shit went down. But I remember, really like, I had my one shaky shake poster. And I was like, I guess we're doing this. And then, like, within Firestar Pistol, but it felt like it started running. And I watched someone fall. Yeah. And I literally had to leap over her. Yep. And I was like, in midair, I was like, questioning your holy humanity. shit, I hope you're okay. <laughs> oh. But it's also a stampede. So I can't turn yeah. around and help you because yes, exactly. then I'll get hurt. Yeah. Just, just actually sums worse. up Toronto Fringe right here. But, like, know, yeah. well, that, that, that was kind of just yeah. that they cut out, like, like, bef- but, like, like years ago though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, like that yeah. because then they then they just safety. made the poster wall in, in honest eds in the alleyway, yeah. which they had for about two or three years. Yeah. yeah, which was nice because it was like it was you you had to look at you you had to walk right past it to get to the bar. I really yeah. liked being able to walk down there and go what. Was playing like yeah because you get to see that show's visual representation absolutely that they've had time to work on for longer than there are still shows I'm hearing about now Mm. that I have not heard about at the fest and I'm like oh that sounds great Mm -hmm. oh it closed yesterday shit yeah Uh, on the fact that that this is like a practice that was done a couple years ago uh, the the issue it takes several years of good behavior for Fringe's reputation on the circuit to actually totally. change. Because, uh, uh, like, on a on a touring level, uh, particularly, like, you won't necessarily do the same city every year, mm-hmm. right? And right. so, right. Uh, when I, uh, yeah, when I posted, like, I posted last week on Facebook just like, oh, hey, uh, 
Toronto, still spiritless, still strict oh, on rules, right? <laughs> uh, because that's what it felt like. Because again, yeah. this is uh, this is also the only place where like I've met uh, uh, before today, where I met two of you that I had not met before. Yeah. I met one Toronto artist the entire time I'm here because hmm. there's not the same level of mingling that I experience yeah. everywhere else, right? right? So I just posted that, and then it became a giant thread of uh, a bunch of people who don't do Toronto anymore telling me about all the things they hated about the times they were here. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not you know that's not necessarily the thing anymore, but it just it takes a long oh, time yeah. for that to change. To change. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, this idea should bother us. Like, it bothers me it, a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I, I said this to your partner the other night, like, yeah. it's going to be the artists that change it. Yeah. Not to say that Fringe yeah. doesn't I care. I a great time this year, totally. to be clear. Totally. Yeah. It is starting. But it's, you know, we, we have to change it, yes. right? Yeah. But again, there's things, certain things that, that, that are barriers. The, like, receiving an email because you went over 30 seconds is kind of bullshit. Um, also, to be honest, I know a lot of people who are done with Fringe because of the no latecomers. Um, yeah. Like, We've all had family members, agents, yeah. important people but it's be 20 like, seconds late. Literally, like, what does that do except alienate the audience, right? <clears throat> Especially with the way that some of the venue managers deal with it. Maybe yeah. there could be a choice, like you have like in a Montreal, five minute period. In Montreal and in a lot of other cities, you yeah. get to say whether or not you want to be able to have latecomers. And you can decide uh, an amount of time for a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah. Like so you can be like, all right, well, if you show up 12 minutes in, nothing's going to make any fucking sense. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah. before that, please. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I always appreciate. children's show and people showed up at 25 minutes. Because there's a loose entry. Did they still get it? One of the things that I always appreciated about my show was the fact they had an artist liaison. And yep. that was like, you know, in Toronto, if you want to answer to a question, who, who, yeah. who like... You may not get it at all. You it probably are not going to get it, but in... Ventotron. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. In, in, in Montreal, there's like, do they still, I, they, like, there's somebody who's like, that's their job. Mm-hmm. They're the artist liaison. Got a question? They will tell you where mm. you need to go to, to to check in. Do you not need? Do you need help with? Uh, like, did you lose your billet? Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, talk to this person. They're like, mm. that's their job. Well, and I know this year too, uh, and I don't know where this went, but they were trying to connect up like international c- companies with a Toronto company. Yeah, like, yeah. That's cool, and did yeah. they do like that? Uh, that was offered. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Well, like mm. that's a start. You know? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, be yeah. doing stuff yeah. like that's that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's nice to, to know that the festival is aware. Yeah. But there's still a level of disconnect. But I think it will totally. just take a time. This is yeah. also this is also the only festival in all of Canada where I haven't met the festival director. Uh, oh, oh which, well, yeah, that's which actually, has never, that's actually very true. Which has never happened to me. And like, right. you know, in Edmonton, Edmonton is a 300 show festival where every single person meets Murray within 48 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's true. I remember so, being in Edmonton and like, and like the director yeah. was always made the point, like, he Last year everybody. he was postering on day one and, for and other people. And he would always buy tickets to the show that had the least tickets sold that day. Yeah. yeah. Like he was a sweetie. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just like, you know, and I remember going to Montreal and I, you know, uh, you get you get a hug from Amy. Like, yeah. you meet yeah. everybody in yeah. here. You yeah. And you know what? It's when I was doing shows here that I remember, like, even doing, like, the, the volunteer breakfast. And, like, the staff was like, yeah, whatever. Like, it was like I was treated with contempt by staff mm. for helping. Oof. You know, yes. and it was like, I'm, you know, I'm helping. We <laughs> are here, like, the, the yes, we don't get to do our shows without the Fringe, but the Fringe doesn't happen without the artists. Absolutely. There needs to be some kind of accommodation yes. with yeah. the artists for, that's just like, 
more than just like, well, we give you the money. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, having an artist liaison would be very it helpful. It would be yeah, super absolutely. helpful. I know uh-huh. in, in Edinburgh they have a whole building. I know mm. one of Lucy's plans is to eventually make something like that, mm. just as a heads up. Mm, yeah. It was something that wasn't accomplished this year, but as I'm sure you can all agree, a lot of big changes happened this year. Yes. Um, and I know some people have feelings about Eventatron, but that is the Edinburgh model. Mm-hmm. I love Eventatron. I, me too. It makes my life so much easier. And so I know it's frustrating sometimes, but basically also like with making the program just comedy in this section, just mm. you know musicals, basically the more Lucy aligns us with Edinburgh, the more that we can probably become a much larger scale festival which if I had to guess might be the goal which is good mm-hmm. and I also sure. know they made a concerted effort this year and now to do a lot of pre-coverage <clears throat> with international artists mm-hmm. like for example uh, Adam Schwartz got uh, a big mention and now um, the Mystical Wishes Puppet Company mm-hmm. which had Shadow Kingdom and Space Hippo got a whole article to themselves mm-hmm. I know that's not a lot but by Toronto standards that is much that's, better yeah, than that's last year. That's a lot by Toronto standards. Yeah, so things are starting to shift. Sure. Yeah. Just because we were talking just negative and yeah, yeah, no, totally. yeah. 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 Thank you for adding yeah. some positives. Oh, I'd like, I'd like to yeah, side note, I realized I didn't I didn't meet Lucy. I also didn't go to the poster run. So perhaps she was mm. there and that would have been my opportunity. But my opening was at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. and, um, and to your point, Rebecca, I think um, a lot of the issues I'm seeing with this year's Fringe are that the festival is, is we're, we're in that like awkward uh, teenage pubescent like growing pains phase where it's... Ah, the 30 year yeah. teenage yeah. phase. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's true. still there. True. Yeah. One day I hope to learn what puberty is. <laughs> but um, but it does, it really does feel like the, the festival has gone bigger and bigger and bigger like yeah. rightly so and it's, it's a sign of the success of, of uh, you know, all the efforts of both the artists and the management in the years past. Um, unfortunately, we're, we're kind of at a tipping point where we're not quite like we're not Edmonton sized yet, but no. we're not Toronto sized anymore. We we're yeah. kind of in that like, oh my limbs are stretching, what's happening to me? <laughs> yeah. Um and that is a tough place to be. And I mean, like, you know, I, I, I've certainly made my, my views clear on a few things uh, that, that I was frustrated with this year. But I also recognize that like, it's always tough on you know. It's like when they're building a new subway. Yeah, it's yeah. a pain in the ass right now. But I also didn't live through the building of the previous subway. Yeah, sure. yeah. And so I'm gonna bitch about it because I can't go on Eglinton anymore. But I also get to use the subway. So all yeah. I'm going to say that, like, I, yeah, well, let's I, keep I think... Let's this metaphor going. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let's talk LRT, shall we? Um, but, um, no, but I, I think, like, there's a lot of signs of that. And also, you know, it's it's easy having now done Fringe for a bunch of years to be like, oh, no, but my, my experience two years ago was this. Yeah. But I also don't have to contend with the fact that, like, Ed's disappeared. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or, like, okay, the festival is growing and is going to continue to grow. And yeah. I think part of the reason Toronto is such a vicious, like, competitive market is there so much theater in Toronto all the time that yeah, I think that's kind of where we, that's how we trouble. learn. That's yeah. one of the things. So when yeah. the Fringe happens, we're like, we gotta be like Mervish, we gotta have posters everywhere, right. we gotta like, like destroy just, competition. You know, one of the things that I, I, like, other Fringes, like the competition doesn't exist so much. It's like, um, it was in Montreal that I first heard there's audience enough for everyone. That's which that's was a lie. Yeah, in Montreal, that is, that is a lie. But it's a, it's a good attitude to have that like, we can share your success is not my failure. Right. Um, if anything, it's going to fuel your own. Because if you're a person who's uninitiated to the fringe and you go to a show and you love it, you're like, give me ten more, please. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's that's yeah, not absolutely. a bad thing. Yeah. No. One one thing that I will that I will say, speaking to like the, the sort of like unwelcoming feeling that, mm. that sometimes the Toronto fringe can give off. I think part of that, and this is this has always been sort of like what how I've sort of not justified it, but like sort of like uh, this. How, uh, my reasoning for why this why this may be is because 
Toronto has such a, um, a, a fairly recently burgeoning um, independent scene mm -hmm. um, that, um, like, over the past, I would say, like, six or seven years has just, like, exploded. Um, uh, and it's, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a big, tight group of friends that don't actually get to see each other a lot, a lot of the time uh, during, during the... the the, mm, the, school the school year, yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, and and then so when when they see each other at the tent, it's like it's 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 like a reunion every year uh, between uh, between um, all of these groups of friends that, that really don't get to see each other. So there's this there's what's what's happening is these people being so excited to see each other that they forget that there's there's other people at this <laughs> festival, right? Um, yeah. And particularly over the, over the past uh, two years uh, with the loss of the storefront unit one two. Um, we've lost a couple of our big meeting places, uh, yeah. like where we would see each other every month or, or every two weeks, and and uh, and that's that's a, a feeling I've seen echo through uh, a lot of my a lot of my uh, theater artists uh, friends, particularly from the storefront. Um, uh, so that that I think that's amplified it a little bit. This this sort of like oh my god, I haven't seen you in so long. Like we were so used to seeing each other, like we were still in fucking theater school when the storefront was around, and and uh, and, and now it's like. We either have to schedule hangouts or wait for wait for the fringe. Yeah. And because um, the the media, I think, also <coughs> is taking the cue of the storefront theater and unit one or two being closed because they're like, oh, well, I'm going to spotlight these indie artists during the fringe now, yes. mm -hmm. which also might be a thing that will need to be adjusted as yeah. the years go on. But I did notice that like they're like, oh, we've missed this guy. Look, he's in the fringe. We're yeah. like, oh, yeah. that girl's doing something super cool. Yeah, I, I also think something I noticed last night that I was actually really, really happy about because I, 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 this year, I feel like uh, last year, I, I only drabbers up play. So like I was like tangentially involved, but like this year particularly, I've met so many fewer, because I love, I love meeting artists or anything. I love talking about people's stuff mm -hmm. and like seeing people's stuff. I've seen less this year and I've met like no one this year, uh, so it's nice to meet you. Um, <laughs> but uh, it took a podcast um, because, uh, and part of it is, I mean, like it's it's a geographically slightly larger space than Ed's, yep. and so as a result, it's very easy to make a little island. What yes. was crazy though was last night um, they had the silent disco, which I was so skeptical of. Like I walked in just being like, all right, um, <laughs> was nervous it was fucking in. amazing. And what so was good. crazy was it was the first time I saw literally all of Fringe mix. Yeah, mm -hmm. everyone's just dancing together. And suddenly, a bunch of people who would not have met or talked to each other, a it gave everyone like a you know, it was like seeing good play with, with people you haven't met. We're like, oh well, we just had a common experience. We talked about this, mm -hmm. and um, I, mean, I know Fringe is like still figuring out what the programming looks like in in the tent, but like to me, that was such an interesting example of just like oh, suddenly there's like basically a baseline that everyone can talk about. Where either like oh, were you at it? Oh no, okay, well here's what it was. It wasn't what I was expecting. Like. Blah 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 blah, and that was really fucking nice. And mm -hmm. I kind of wish that was earlier, because yeah. that would have been such a nice opening note to kind of like. Has there yeah. been too much going on at Postscript that there hasn't been enough time for socializing, or like, why is the what's? No, I don't what's, think so. No. No. Some of the events have been a, like a, a smidge under advertised, mm. and so I think people have just gone to hang out with people, and then there's been this other cool thing happening on the other side of the bar that you could also participate. Mm. In. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. I do appreciate the lack of stage this year because I remember yeah. last year I came straight from oh, yeah. a great performance. We were so fucking happy. All we wanted to do was talk about it. <coughs> the actors were going to come join us afterwards. Mm -hmm. It was their like awful 10:45 and <laughs> like a comedy musical <laughs> slot. And we got to the fringe tent. We were so excited to talk about the show. And then a, another fringe musical com like just like people had signed up for a slot on the stage. Oh, yeah. And they were fully mic'd and they were not good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were just like all we wanted to do was talk about the show that we just enjoyed. Yeah. And instead mm -hmm. we were subjected to like, can we get a suggestion? We're 
to write a song about it. I'm like, ah, this is what I was worried my French show was going to be. They're being um, better about sort of dividing if you want to see the performance. Yes, which is great. Yeah, yeah. The fantastic. only thing that's been like a little too loud has been the um, the bands playing, mm. but I think that might have just been their choice of how yeah, to yeah. sort of. Oh yeah. yeah. Speaking of shows, what have you guys seen that you have loved? Oh, Lighters in the Air. Mm. I see love that, that show. I, oh, yeah, I'm probably not going to get a chance to see that, and it breaks my fucking heart. Yeah, yeah I adored that. Uh, that's so good. I love dive bars. I love open mic culture. Uh, and uh, and I think that that's a that's a great example of it. And I am astounded. Uh, this is the I've never seen. So Chris Hagen wrote this, mm -hmm. and he wrote all the music, and he wrote the whole thing. And I've seen like shorter things that he's done. I've seen him do sketch, and I've never seen a full-on 80-minute musical production of his. Mm -hmm. I don't know that there have been other ones. <laughs> uh, and I think this is uh, really great. It's like it's solid performances throughout, and. Uh, you know, it's not a perfect show by any means, mm. but it's it's a fantastic experience, nice. and uh, and uh, yeah, and I gained a bunch of fringe crushes watching it, so that's always good. Well, that's yeah. always good. That's yeah. always good. That's yeah. good. Has anyone seen uh, Josephine? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, incredible. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. awesome. Like, yeah. like I think it's sold out for today, but if anyone can every, rush, like, like every yeah. oh, that's oh, it. Yeah. and they drive out after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They're, yeah. they're going to Winnipeg next. Yeah. yeah. So that's really great. Yeah. Winnipeg, check this out. Josephine, all the way. Winnipeg. Got it last year, oh, and, it's, yeah. and it's sold out almost. Yeah. It's all wow, because oh wow. that show, that show's got legs for days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I nice. had people warning me from the Ottawa fringe and from yeah. Montreal fringe, like if you don't buy in advance, Rebecca, you're gonna miss something yeah. you really okay. like. Wow, yeah. <laughs> no, it's um, a polished beautiful. Wow. Also, yeah. Ashley with a Y, I've seen that twice. I loved it so much. Oh my god, uh, she's incredible, and and also Scott White is great on the piano. I feel like at this point we should give her like a Vegas show here. Yeah, I would just watch like that. Rent out a theater, yeah. just have shows would, every night. Like, I would go and see Ashley like every night if she had like a Vegas show. Yeah. Shit, yeah. Yep. Season pass to that. This, this, this is the first Fringe where I've actually seen more comedy than musicals, mm. which for me is there's different. There's a lot yeah. of Because there's a lot of really yeah. cool comedy this year. Yeah. Um, that being said, like I did see The Last Party, Compulsion, and Polly Peel. All were great, but they did sort of state they were in development, mm. and I am curious to see what sort of the next step is mm. for all three of those right. musicals. Yeah. But I feel like this year, something about comedy was just yeah. well, it's been, in the forefront. It's been coming up, coming up for 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 a while. It's been there's been being more more and more sketch, yeah. more uh, more and more improv, more and more comedy. Um, I saw I saw two incredible mm -hmm. improv shows. But they, they, they were also sort of sure things. I saw entrances and exits. Which was, that which was very funny. amazing. When I heard that they were going to be doing an improvised uh, farce, I was like, that's impossible. You can't do that. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, we did an improvised police drama two years ago, and, 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 and I was like, nope, that's harder than that. Uh. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, no, it was, it, um, it's fantastic. And then I saw D&D &D Live. I was fortunate enough to see it when Colin Mockery was. Uh, oh, was uh, oh, yeah, we were the same audience. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys see Generally um, Hospital? No, I didn't. It, it also got the Accessibility yeah. Award. Nice. It was very funny. It was like a brand new troupe right out of um, the Second City Conservatory. Mm -hmm. And you could tell, like, they their energy was electric. They were so connected mm. in every scene. Also, like, at points where people corpsed, it was funny because it was because, like, they were such good friends, like, testing each other's yeah, sure. sort of yeah. theatrical boundaries, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, but I think it was just, it was very funny because it's all the situations you've always been in in a hospital. Nice. Um, so everybody could relate. There was mm. not a single sketch where I wasn't like, 
hurting from laughing. That's awesome. I uh, I loved One Small Step. Yes. And yeah, I love everything that company does. Like big ensemble work is is amazing and hard to do. And they did it in a week. That's no. what's insane. Yeah, I was nice. like, please teach me how you put that show together in a week because it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Summerland a few years ago, mm-hmm. and oh, yes. uh, it rocked my world a few years ago, mm-hmm. and this is like the same company, mm-hmm. and I will watch them do anything. They have a uh, 7 o'clock show tomorrow night, and then they got Patrons Pick, so they have one right after mm-hmm. it at 9.15 wow. at Randolph, and it's so worth your time. I laughed. It's like they're so freaking talented. It's on, just oh, insane. It's so on the note of Patrons Pick, uh, the, yeah. the best new play this year, Women of the Fur Trade, was mm-hmm. very, very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That show was very under... Uh, uh, promoted. Well, now here comes in this, sort of the discussion that we were talking about with Al. Like mm-hmm. they are from Winnipeg, they were mm-hmm. from Toronto, mm-hmm. and so I think they, the Winnipeg fringe is literally the most welcoming fringe I've ever been yeah. to. Mm-hmm. You basically just need to put up some posters, and people are like, "I want to support you." Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't think that happened here, unfortunately, and I, I had hoped sort of Toronto fringe would sort of warn them, like, "Hey, here's the kind of things you might want to do to pro- promote your show." Because apparently, best new play was not enough to just. Yeah, I didn't even know what one best new play until like halfway through the fringe. But in in previous years, best new play has been something that Fringe has promoted. This has been Toronto. Yeah. Well, yes, yes, and no. So they, they, um, there were some partnerships that no longer exist uh, for new play that they gave you extra promotion. A and Mm. B. uh, I was talking to someone about this the other day. There's an interesting arc because, like, help yourself. One best new play right after Kim's. Yeah. So like mm. all eyes on us, huge mm-hmm. press because mm. Kim's exploded. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and help yourself did very well. Like we had a great run of it. Yeah. But um, it's it's been interesting watching over the years because a couple of the best new play winners uh, in the past few years have gotten kind of the two end treatment, and mm. I think it went from. Kim's where it's like holy shit surefire thing holy like this is yeah, the fucking yeah. gold star to just kind of like oh no it's just a play this mm-hmm. is another play it's just another mm-hmm. play and yep. you get a full page ad in the program which is very helpful although mm-hmm. the programs this year matter less because everything's online yes. yeah. yeah um but for my money I like in the years like maybe the three or four years right after Kim's I was like I must see the contest yeah. and now I'm like okay yeah some people liked it that's cool I like that but I, like yeah. I'm gonna go see the plays I, I want to see not I'm not gonna automatically run to this because it won yeah, yeah. but it's, it's similar to what we're talking about earlier with reviews right it's like cool this was like a fistful of people's opinion and that's yeah. rad mm-hmm. but you know I'd rather go see this sketch comedy show that sounds really interesting yeah. than the show that I feel like I should see yes yeah. yeah the show is ready to go up at Tarragon mm. Theater next season okay. like it was a shame to me that it didn't have mm such a full house and then like 60 people on the waiting list because it deserved that kind of right. press and attention mm-hmm. um, and it was also a very topical conversation uh, essentially it was just sort of tracing uh, during the Louis Riel period what was happening with the fur trade and mm-hmm. also sort of women's rights as wives and as uh, a, like a, a metis wife versus a, a wife of somebody who is in parliament mm-hmm. and just which is a very interesting conversation that didn't point any fingers, but it certainly illuminated a lot of truths I think we've known for a mm. while. Yeah. <coughs> I thought it was going to be a, a runaway hit of this festival coming into it. No, yeah. um, so I'm mm. sort surprised that hasn't mm. happened to too bad. Well, hopefully it gets life beyond. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so hard when... It's when, touring, right? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I yeah. saw um, Anywhere. Uh, yeah. Michael Ross Alberts. Yeah. I was so, like... On the edge of my seat from almost the first moment. Oh, yeah. Really? Like, well, the two of them are incredible performers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely incredible performers. But it was just like, 
from the moment like you're up late I'm like what is going on here <laughs> and it just at no point did it really let up for me yeah. and I when it ended I was like well, yeah. holy shit there's this wonderful yeah. like slow leak of information oh yeah the it does just, like, not drip, let drip, it, drip yeah do you have like secrets. a rock in your stomach Constantly. I did it's, for for almost the entire thing which is like What's it's modern on? Pinter, like it's it's very oh, yeah. very Pintery, yeah. It's yeah. it's really good. Did it pique your interest? It did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Did uh, did any of you see Awkward Hug? No, I, I, I want to see Corey's show. Yeah, the tent last well. hmm. Yeah, it's because it's a really interesting premise. So uh, Corey T. Bear, who, who wrote it, it's it's a story of how so when he was nineteen years old, that's he knew that both his parents that there was something different about them, and he didn't know until he was nineteen that both his parents have cerebral palsy. Because wow, they wow. they just never mentioned it. Hmm. Like he knew that they had some form of disability, but he wow. never knew what it was. Wow. Uh, and so so what? so wow. it's the story of like his entire life and like helping them move and slowly learning everything because they just never really leaked information. Wow. Like my fa- my favorite thing in the whole show is he. Uh, when he asked his parents how they met, it was like, hey, how they met? And his dad just went, rehab, and then never explained. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's all he that knew for great. 20 years. Be, so uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Jesus. Did you guys see Enjoy the Hostilities? Yes, yeah. I was about to say that. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. It's great. It's great. And it's perfect. Like, perfect venue, the bovine. Yeah. I, I, I said to him afterwards, I was, I was, uh, as a cynic, as, yeah. like a, as, a, as a notorious cynic, <laughs> Um, uh, things that I find inspiring make me uncomfortable. Like the things that I find genuinely exp- inspiring make yeah. me uncomfortable. And I was like, your show made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to because like. I was like, I was like, this is like, it's it's genuinely inspiring. It is. And I wanted to conquer the world that after that absolutely, show. Absolutely, yeah. Speaking of wanting to conquer the world after the show, <laughs> shout out some bike face. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, like, well, and like. Well deserved praise, obviously, has been you know lots of people chatting about it. But um, it's for me, it was like a, it was just a fucking great show. But b, um, so I know Natalie and I know Claire, and it was so strange. It's one of the first times I think I've seen someone write an intensely personal solo show and then get someone else to perform. Mm-hmm. That yeah. I've seen Natalie had previously performed. I know, yeah, 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 yeah. And so it was a really trippy experience hearing Natalie very clearly Natalie's voice, mm-hmm. but also very clearly Claire's take on it. And mm-hmm. I was saying to uh, Claire afterwards. I was getting double vision occasionally, where I was like, I was like, you fully captured Natalie, but you're still being Claire, and mm. it, was, it was kind of exactly what I want from one of those things, where yeah. it's like, you're performing the show of someone that you, because she knows Natalie, so like, you're performing the show of someone you know, yeah. and you're both embodying them, but also making it your own, and that, to me, that elevated a lot, because it wasn't just like, here's a story that happened to someone I know, yeah. but I'm going to say it like it was me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was an honesty to Claire's performance, I think, mm. that was necessary. Yeah. Well, and in the casting process, just as we were sort of uh, getting people to sort of audition and mm. stuff, uh, the biggest thing that struck us about Claire was that she herself is an adventurer. She's a traveler, yeah. she's a backpacker, and so it kind of just was this like kismet fit in the sense of like, you two both possess the same sort of energy in the world. You put out that same... Like sort of thirst for adventure. Well, and I was talking to someone who said that she was really apprehensive going in because she doesn't know Claire at all, and she was like, "If this lady doesn't look like she rode a bike, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be livid." And I was like, "That's a really good point because like the entire tone of that show would yeah, be so gross yeah. if it was just someone who's like, "Yes, I rode a bike across Canada." I'm a twig. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, it was great. And, I, and afterwards, yeah, like same thing with, with Robin Joe. Like for obviously for different, very different reasons. Fair. Yeah. Uh-huh. But um, 
Yeah, I, I like I like that in particular because Fringe can be such a, a just like a fucking mental beatdown. Yeah, it's really nice to come out of a show and uh, and Al, I, I haven't seen your show. I'm hoping to catch it. Uh, but again, my friend came out of it yesterday and just I got a like a text storm from her because <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm just gonna check out the show. And then she's like, holy fuck! She's like, I feel like Sony feels. She's like, I bought this pin. I wish I bought more. Oh, oh my god! I, I, I felt that way. I really enjoyed your show, Al. <laughs> All right. Well. I'll I was trying to describe. I some one of the people I know from work uh, was like, "What do I see at Fringe?" I said, "Go see Al's show." Um, and I was like, hey, "What is it about?" I said, "Ah, uh, sort of dealing with insomnia, mental health at like a breakneck speed, like just like hold on for the ride." Mm-hmm. Are you like, are you every reviewer? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Steve <laughs> Fisher, <laughs> Glenn Sumi, <laughs> Kelly Bedard, all of them problem I'm having with this show is because it's it's about a bunch of different things and it's sort of hard to describe why it works mm. uh, is almost every single review is just just a list of spoilers. Just oh, a, like, oh, yeah. a list yes. of like this happens and then this happens and this happens so therefore this and I'm like yeah but what if what if you let me do that part? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but that's okay. It was yeah, so much fun. fun. Bruce Willis was a ghost the whole time. Uh, this friend I've tried not to read any reviews until after I yeah. see the show so yeah. I actually went into yours yeah. being like I know Al's style of storytelling, but other than that, I don't know anything, and I'm right. glad because then everything was a surprise yeah, for me. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. and I was, I was one of your audience members that was making like audible gasps. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that lady. Cool. Did anybody <laughs> see the Merkin sisters? Yeah. <laughs> I love that show so much. That's one of the weirdest shows I've ever vagina. seen, but yeah. also so amazing. <laughs> Except I was sitting beside these old ladies who spent half the show being like, so Stupid. Oh. So, oh. so stupid. And then somewhere God. along the way, yeah, they good. But, yes. Yes. Nice. but good. Like half of the show being like, "This is stupid." This they is got one stupid. over. Yeah. And I was, then, yeah. I was and sitting then, next to this dude who tried to leave. 10 minutes into Morrow and Jasp. Oh my god! What? what a he was on a date. He clearly just wanted to fuck this woman, and I guess he was oh, like, no. "I'll do the culture thing." Oh, so god. we were at the back oh, of the tarragon no. in that back row directly in front of the booth. And during one of the blackouts, he like stood up over her, and I'm like, "Is he? What's he? What's he doing? Are they gonna have sex? What's happening?" <laughs> and then he's like, "Wait, what?" And she's like, "No, we're staying." And then he sat back down. And he's like, "I just I don't understand. I don't understand this." Oh, and, and I literally I spent the rest There's of the show <laughs> just kind of wanting to talk to this guy <laughs> and slap him a bit, <laughs> and it was fun. But it was the same thing. By the end, he was laughing. He was into yeah. it. But it was such a weird. And he was just audibly talking during every blackout. And I was like, "Buddy." First yeah. time out, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was it was fascinating. Like again, I, I love those audiences that are like that feel the need to vocalize yeah. whatever they're experiencing. Like yeah. I don't understand this show. So shut up, who cares? Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, like, I assumed I was gonna see a very serious show about Merkins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You just have to appreciate a show like that for what it is, and you have so much fun. Absolutely. There's like I don't know if anybody goes into the Merkin sisters being like, so what's the plot? And if yeah, they yeah. do, they're in the wrong show. Yeah, yeah. I really want to know what these ladies thought they were getting into. Like, if they were like... I don't know. Do they know what a Merkin is? Yeah. Actually, I watched somebody in the front row halfway through this show be like, so what's Merkin? And their friend was like... That's a different way of saying American. Did anyone else see that? I didn't get a chance to see it, no. Oh, okay, so it's The Wishes Mystical Company. Um, the reason I specifically went to Space Hippo versus Shadowland is it's the one where uh, Elliot Loren is performing all the music live that mm. is composed mm. for yeah. the entire 
shadow puppet show. Uh, this is takes shadow puppetry to a, a whole new level. There was a point where they illuminated like the Milky Way with like a whole bunch of different lights making stars and constellations. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just sort of like cut cutouts that are black and white or whatever. Like everything is in color. Mm -hmm. Everything has like a stylistic almost anime feel to it. And the way they use light and shadow to give you like perspe 3D perspective on a Whoa. flat screen mm. blew my mind. Mm. Like it, I've seen other companies that do a very good job with shadow puppetry. Um, you know, shout out to like Mind of a Snail. They always do cool stuff. Cool yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But this had a whole bunch of new layers to shadow puppetry I didn't know existed. Mm. It also gets my uh, best title for info. Space Hippo. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. another well, thing. Space Hippo and Police Cops in Space. Which I also <laughs> teamed up. We saw that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> saw it twice, loved it so much. Yeah. Um, I saw uh, Harvey and the Extraordinary. How was that? It was. I did not expect to have feelings at the end of that show. Yeah. I thought this is just going to be some little sweet show about whatever. And at the end of the show, I was like, okay, I'm feeling things, and I did not expect <laughs> to feel things at the end of this show. But thank you. It was beautiful. Aww. It was beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Um, aside from theater, have there been any 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 moments in Fringe that you've really uh, that have stood out for you? What was your, your favorite Fringe moment this year? Gosh. Silent Disco, baby. Silent Disco. <laughs> uh, I got to go on in my own show, which was fun. Yeah. Was, was, was Michael sick? No. Or? So It's so funny because everyone's <laughs> like, oh my famous. god, Mike, are you okay? I'm like, no, he's just employed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Mike, uh, Mike is, uh, he plays Terrence on Kim's Convenience, mm -hmm. who up till now has been like sort of a second tier character. He works with the main characters, but he's kind of like, you know, the gag character who shows up to be awkward. The butt of the joke. The butt of the joke, yeah, 100%. And he kills it. But um, so they're on season three right now, and when I cast him, he's like, look, like, I've got a first right refusal from Kim's. I'm like, yeah, like, fucking, yes, your TV show should yeah. have that. Yeah. <laughs> Continue to be on TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so that was fun, but he's like, you know, we've never gone past 7 p.m., and uh, the odds that I'll, I'll have to miss a show are so low. I'm like, okay, well, look, like, I wrote it, I'm directing it, like, I'm. I can learn the part, and if shit yeah. goes bad, then I'll just do it. Anyway, um, so he shows up right to me in the run. He's like, okay, so apparently my character's really big this season. <laughs> <laughs> no one told me. Uh, so I'm very excited. But, uh, so he, he warned me that like the odds of him not being able to make the show pretty high. And then the day before, he was on set, and he asked him like, one of the ADs, and they're like, oh, God, no, no you're not. You're not getting out. <laughs> uh, so, um, so we did the usual thing where, like... Uh, Cat Sandler came out and like hyped me and be like, he just learned it today. And I'm like, oh, yeah. well, strictly speaking, yes. But like, I'd also <laughs> spent some time looking at it. Uh, but it was wild and it was super fun because like uh, I used to perform a lot. I haven't in a long time, and it was just kind of cool to get to do it. It's also a gross part, and like you just feel like shit, <laughs> which was great, but also terrible. Um, and uh, yeah, it was super fun and weird, but. It just, it really was one of those moments What's so funny is I didn't realize after the fact, like, I, in Shaky Shake, we've had the director go on so many fucking times. Yeah. Like, we have a running joke that by the end of our run, whenever we finally stop, like, she will have played all of the parts. Because <laughs> she's played about half. Yeah, um, but uh, neither of my castmates had ever had a director go on. Mm. And they did not think this was going to fly. Because I was like, like, I didn't go on with the script. I was like, you know, I know the show, mm. I'll just do it. And I could just fucking tell. And they came in when I was working on the one scene I didn't know. So they came in and I was like, oh, God, Dad, the line's, um, uh, fuck, what's the line? My name is Jeff. Fuck, okay, my name is Jeff. Oh, Jesus. And they were so nice and so supportive. Aww. I saw them go to the bar. I saw them order some Jameson. <laughs> and so, but it was great. And afterwards, they were both so complimentary. But yeah, it was wild. And it was it was just a really cool Fringe experience also because this is my first, like, adult show that I've written and directed. It was really cool yeah. to get to, like, live yeah. that. Yeah. And, yeah. and really kind of 
ride that fringe wave in, in a really cool way. Audiences yeah. love that though. Like we're so on your side yeah. and it just makes it so much, that happened at One Small Step too and it was just magical, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. we're all on, on their side and I, I love that. Well, yeah. People I love, love it. like it's the theater story. And actually I've had people since then be like, so are you going on? Because they want that theater story. Of yes. like, oh, oh sure they do. I was yeah. there when. I was there when the director went on. Was yeah. anybody, speaking of, of I was there, was anybody there when, um, uh, was it First Dates? Um, when the power went out? Yes. And, and uh, yeah, they finished yeah. David Fox in like his underwear yeah, out yeah. on the steps of St. Vlad's. Yeah, with a guitar. But you know, those yeah. are those are stories that live on because I still yeah, remember people talking about um, the first time that Evil Dead the musical was performed, and it was they had there was like the big blackout yeah. on the yes. Eastern Seaboard, and they were scheduled to perform, so they just like moved everything to the parking lot beside the Transac and had a bunch of cars turn Amazing. their lights on and performed it there. Right. Amazing. You know? so, like those are the stories that that like just sort of live in in forever. Mm-hmm. So on the note of stories from the fringe, have you guys attended the show Stories the from the Fringe? The award winning show. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, the, the fringe, yeah. T- Tosho Knife. The Tosho Knife uh, Knife Award. Really? They, cutting that, ed- that, the Cutting Edge the, Award. That's the, which I consider the most coveted award of Toronto. Entirely <laughs> 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 based on popularity. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, well, <laughs> the reward is so huge. Yeah, it's a great thing. If there's one thing that remembers to vote. There's one thing that's that's that is like unique to this is that no no other festival will will give you a weapon as a reward. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I attended two of those, and uh-huh. they were some really good. I actually also then spoke in one as well. Nice. So uh, let's see, I'll give you some of the top stories. So my favorite BYOV story was uh, about 10 years ago, uh, there was a... Um, a real life kidnapping experience like right, that was yeah, in real yeah. time oh, shit, I do remember it was that. a show yes. where it was like it was like someone being kidnapped and there was only three audience members because it was in a car yeah and oh, a neighbor yes. called the police on them so they yes. go to an intersection and four cop cars barricade yes. them in and like the guy the actor has his hands on the steering wheel and he was gonna radio the stage manager but he went oh they might shoot me so he kept his hands there they came in and talked to him and then luckily the stage manager heard the commotion oh, from around God. the corner and like ran over and was like don't shoot! Yeah. Like, so that, that was, was a crazy story, right? That, yeah, 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 yeah. It well, was just nuts. And my understanding was they'd let the cops know, but then they drove into a different jurisdiction, yes. and so new cops were like, "No." Yes. <laughs> it, it was, well, it was somebody who, like, I guess, was in a house that had seen this happen multiple uh. times. <laughs> so it was actually like a good Samaritan like, being like, "I'm gonna save." I think there's this. a cult next door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another good one was. Uh, BYOV story where they were doing a, a show in a parking lot so they would put like uh, posters around this parking lot saying by six a show will be happening well one guy did not get his car out of the parking lot in time so they did an entire show on rollerblades around his car and then the JP towing shows up in the middle of the performance so they integrate it into their performance <laughs> as like JP Damn. towing takes away this Poor man's And then the one that like I told was just, uh, I was in Edinburgh, and of course, faulty sockets everywhere, because everything's uh. like, oh, you know, six centuries old. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, basically, I went to like plug in the iPad for my show and like press all the cues, and the iPad just wouldn't work because they had had a power outage. So in the dark, with just like candles, I performed my very last show of like the run, oh. and like... I had no sound cues. I had no backing music, so I did half of the like the cues with my mouth, and I just sang everything a cappella. And then, of course, the power goes on about like two minutes before the show ends. So the last song I sing is called "Sail Away to the Sea." So halfway through, I just hear the music come on for the beginning of "Sail Away to the Sea." So I just like sing it one and a half times. But like the audience came in, and I was like, 
hey guys, so here's what's happened. I'm sure you've noticed there's no lights. Uh, and then they actually were so supportive. Yeah. And and after people were like, that was like a unique experience. I'll mm -hmm. tell people about mm -hmm. that. Yep. Like, mm -hmm. Nice. So like it's nice. true. Audience members want to be on your side. Oh yeah. yeah mm -hmm. And if you give them reasons, they will so support you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Also, kudos to you for just going on with like, Thanks. I saw the show. That is a meaty role. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's yes. got intricate, complex shifts as a yeah. Well, and I, I, I cheated because I just used a lot of Mike's performance and like, <laughs> I was there every night, so it was just watching it and like feeling out the beats. And honestly, like when you've seen a show that many times in yeah. a row, you just, because we have a show every night, so yeah. like you, you, you know the rhythms and you know the things. Um, but yeah, it was cool, and it was funny because I'm like, I'm gonna do as close to Mike's performance as I can. I don't want to fuck other actors. Yeah. And then the minute it started, I could hear myself. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, this is just my version of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, here we go. Yeah, but it's, no. It's a cool debate that your show yeah. propositions the audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, today I'm looking forward to seeing Frank as well to see. What do you guys have to talk about internet fans? Oh, Danny's also going on in that. Too. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'll be playing both of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Both that's that's the funniest thing. Yeah. Turns out there's never been a Sydney Patterns. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're about the end of the hour, so I want to thank you guys for, for having this conversation. Any final thoughts about uh, Fringe that you'd like to share? 48 hours left. See as much as you can. Yeah. Oh my god, only 48 hours left. Yeah, I, I think like for me the big, and this goes back to our reviewing conversation, but the, the biggest interesting thing, I've actually lost sight of this, because I used to when I was just fringing, like when I was just going to fringe. I'd go through the book, I'd circle all the things that I thought were interesting, and I'd go and see as many of them as I could. Mm -hmm. And then I became a review whore, and I was like, well, okay, well, maybe I don't need to see any people blue. Um, and I, this year my schedule was fucked, so I kind of did the same thing, but I was like, no, I'm going to make an active thing, mm -hmm. look through it all, but then I absolutely fell back on reviews. Yeah. I feel so shitty about it, because mm -hmm. I know I missed a bunch of things that were liked. Yeah. So I guess my, like, parting advice for the Fringe is, like, go see that fucking show that sounds interesting, fuck whatever re reviews have said, but, like, if there's something you're just like, no, that's kind of fun, or like, oh, that sounds up my alley, just yeah. go see that. Mm -hmm. Like, because I, I, honestly, I've never had a bad experience when I've done that. Yeah. 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 And... If you're already interested in what they have to say, there's a good chance you're going to enjoy yourself. Absolutely, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Toronto tends to be a little bit um, tied to the idea of reviews. Because um, you can see the audience is sort of like shift when the reviews come out. And mm -hmm. I sort of wish there were more opportunities for people who go to see a show to share their uh, their little review. Some kind of a fringe tent, if you will. Some, as, <laughs> yeah. as if there was some way for people to share that at a fringe <laughs> yeah, yeah. tent, if you will, or, or some kind of a fringe tag. buzz. Do they well, yeah, they yeah. do a fringe buzz forms in Montreal, which yeah. I always thought uh, was pretty nice. But, oh, you know, the, there is that whole wall right when you walk into the, the, the drinky rink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to, the, to the right, like, it's just like, you know, just drawn to shit. Mm. But it, it could just be a giant place for people to say, oh, I saw this. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It does that with the Jennies. Uh, There's the Jenny wall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, where audience members will write what they liked about a show, and it's really cool because they will actually group them together by show, and oh, you can nice. see yeah. what That's audiences are responding to. But yeah. uh, you know, Twitter and Instagram both exist, yes, uh, yeah. and are, are very frequented by Twitter's the youth. I've been told. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've, tried to, I've tried to tweet my yeah. reviews as, yeah. as, much yeah. as, as much as possible. Even if even if you don't, uh, if anyone's listening who's not a, a, a performer, even if you don't want to like just publicly state your thoughts about something just writing to that company or something oh, just sure, being like yeah. hey i had a great time yeah. like 
Mm. It it's not a lot of it effort, and it, it it can it can change somebody's festival. In yeah, yeah, absolutely. To yeah. get that, so yes, one last shout out I gotta give to Adam's show tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asperger's Tales of a Social Misfit. All the advanced sales he's donating to Nightwood yeah. in honor of all the support he's gotten. Yeah. Oh, shit. So go yeah. and get advanced tickets for his show. It's at eleven o'clock tonight at the Annex Theater. At the Annex Theater. If you mm-hmm. can't go, buy tickets and get somebody else to go. Yeah, because yeah. that's you know, last show, and it's really cool that he's donating all of his profits. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's. it's it's basically in honor of all the support he's received because mm. initially a lot of it was female artists yes, yeah. and so he is giving back which I think is really cool yeah, yes. that's awesome yeah. that's awesome and it's a good show yes. he's a one of a kind one of a kind comedian yes nice. alright thanks so much you guys thank, thank you, you. Thank you. This has been a Homebody Productions production.